take a look at the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League game. Content inappropriate for children. First look. Oh, we see Brainiac's ship. It looks badass. From the creators of the Batman Arkham series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks amazing. Brainiac's ship. Alright, looks like Brainiac ship's taking out Metropolis. Beautiful. Uh, the graphics in this game are completely mind blowing. From Purple Blood Splatter, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, the Deadshot, everybody looks great. Alright, so the cinematics look fantastic. I wonder if we're going to get a shot to see some gameplay here. actors sound great too. I like the Harley. Shark sounds awesome. Look, it's Superman. 
Oh wow, we just watched Superman just kill somebody <laughs> like in cold blood. And the Suicide Squad are shocked. Figure out, figure out who we're killing yet. And they point at Superman. <laughs> okay. Kill the Justice League. 2022. That one's going to be another one on my plate. Very dangerous, very lovely. Oh my gosh. As soon as you get a chance, you got to run out and take a look at this trailer. We didn't get any gameplay. Not yet. But so far, that looks just awesome. That Suicide Squad game does look insane. I can't wait to see that. And uh, coming up here in just one second, we've got Batman. I haven't been very vocal about it, but I haven't, I'm not exactly thrilled about Pattinson playing Batman. I guess we'll hopefully see a little bit more. Maybe they're, they say that this is supposed to sway people like me, so I, we will see what happens. I don't know if you heard it, but apparently if we stick around to the end, there's going to be a cool surprise. The rest of it was pretty so much just in my mind. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, as Robert said, it's super early to tell us much about the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not a patent fan. What's <laughs> exciting about where we are with, with DC and with this franchise specifically is that there's been a multiverse of Batman, right? And now you're taking over this particular iteration of Batman. What made you want to tell a Batman story? I mean, this is a heavy lift. What, what was it that drew you to this character in this world? Look, I love Batman. And I I've loved Batman since I was a kid, and it, you know, I never even imagined, you know, when I began making movies, that I would do genre movies because I just, I just love certain kinds of movies that were very character-based. And it's really interesting that as I got deeper into genre, I realized that that was a way to do very emotional stories, but under the guise of these sort of great mythic tales. And in particular, what excited me and the thing I related to in the Batman story was that 
he isn't a superhero in the traditional sense. You know, he might have a cape, but he can't fly. He's he's like you and me, but if he has a superpower, it's the ability to endure. And not only the ability, but the kind of compulsion. And so that idea of being that driven by your past and by the things that you can't quite resolve in yourself, like, he's a very alive character. And to me, to tell a version of Batman where, again, it wasn't about how he became Batman, but it's about the early days of how he is Batman, and he is so far from being perfect, and watch uh, us sort of see him becoming what we all know about him and see it in new ways. I felt like that was a way to do something that hadn't been done, and that was really what I was excited to be able to do in this iteration. You have okay. said... Bruce Wayne's superpower is that he's a billionaire. Or have imagined ourselves to be Batman, and I know that's Not why that I love those stories from the time I was a kid, because he isn't he didn't come from another planet, right? He doesn't have magical powers. He's just a guy totally. that wants to do good. And that's the thing. The other question is, what is good? One of the things that I think is interesting is learning how to be Batman. You know, the whole idea, this is all an experiment in the movie. The idea is that we're in year two. It's the Gotham experiment. It's a criminological experiment. He's trying to figure out sort of what he can do that can finally change this place. And in our story, as he's in that mode, that's where you meet him and you see that he is charting what he's doing, and he's seeing that he's not having any of the effect that he wants to have yet, and that is when the murders start to happen, and then the murders begin to describe sort of the history of Gotham in a way that only reinforces what he knows about Gotham, but it opens up a whole new world of corruption that went much farther. But as that story starts to come out, without being an origin tale for him, it ends up being something that touches on his origins. So you start to see that as it starts to describe this epic history of corruption in Gotham, that you start to understand, well, where did my family sit in that? And in that sense, I think all of that is is a way to take a story that is a detective story, a very point of view story, a mystery. Uh, it's got, of course, you know, action, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of it, it also is incredibly personal for him, even though it is the story in which he's trying to understand and unravel this mystery. Ah, it's it's I, it's so layered. I, I really I'm really excited about it. Speaking of what we know about Gotham, you've revealed some of the characters in this story, and the casting is just extraordinary. They're amazing. I mean, you know, we have you know Paul Dano plays a version of the Riddler that no one has ever seen before. And it's really exciting. He's such a, an incredibly creative actor. And so what he is doing, I think, is going to blow people's minds. And, and then to have, you know, Zoe Kravitz, her iteration of Selena Kyle, like, to me, that's incredibly exciting. You have an iteration that you've never seen of what she's doing, but it touches on all these kind of iconic sort of things that people know from the comics. So it's always about trying to square what you sort of know with what also is new. And, and that is really part of, I think, the exciting sort of process of making a Batman movie, which is to find a way to make it your own and to find a way for the actors to make it their own and yet still connect to all of these things that people also go, oh, that's my, that's my Selena. I know, I know who that is. And I think, I guess the one thing about the, the, the rogues gallery is that it actually, in a weird way, is the origins of a lot of our rogues gallery characters. So, like, Selena isn't Catwoman yet. That's actually part of the journey. Oz is not yet the kingpin that he's going to become. He's the penguin. In fact, doesn't like being called the penguin. And the Riddler is just emerging for the first time. So that's all incredibly exciting. And then we have, like, you know, to have Andy Serkis, who is, you know, I work, I work with on the Apes movies, is one of the most beautiful actors. And, and he is playing an iteration of Alfred that I feel like people have never seen before, which is really exciting to share with people. And then we have uh, an incredible, for me, like I just think that, that Jeffrey Wright 
is just one of the great actors and to be able to work with him in a totally new iteration of Gordon and and then we have you know the amazing John Turturro who's going to be a Carmen Falcone who again I think in this iteration you've never seen that version before and how all these characters connect I think for me was one of the, the challenges but also exciting things about the creation of the story which is that in, He's taken an awful long time to not say a damn thing. He just went through and said new iteration, new version, individually for every character that's going to be in the show. He's telling me that you're going to take all of my characters and change everything about them so we get brand new versions? Doesn't make me want to go out and get excited about a damn Batman movie. We got a little now, info on the tie-in TV in show. The Fandome, it's not just a celebration of all the superheroes and the villains that we love, but most importantly, it's a celebration of the fans. So we have some questions for you straight oh, cool. from the, the fanverse, okay? Okay, <laughs> so, cool. Here we go. All right, this question comes from Arvin in the UAE, and he asks, when it comes to costume design and the collaboration processes behind it, to what extent were stars able to implement their own influence within the design? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, actually quite a bit. I mean, we have, of course, uh, an incredible costume designer, Jacqueline Duran, and the bat suit was designed by Glyndillon. And they're geniuses. I mean, it's great to work with them, but one of the things that's really important is being able to work with the actors. Like Rob had a very important part in designing the suit in that he had to be able to wear it, he had to be able to fight in it. And one of the things about this bat suit is that it is it's very practical. The whole idea is that he's made it himself. And so we need to be able to sort of see how it would fit on him in these ways that he could move, but also looked like it was something that was still evolving. And, and even the idea of the story, he's in year two, so he's been wearing it. So like, he goes every night looking for trouble. So you look at his cowl and you can actually see there are gashes in it. And, and all of that detail was an ex incredibly exciting sort of dialogue between me and the costume designers and then having Rob involved. And so 
Yeah, I mean, the, the actors have a lot to do because you always do a dialogue with everyone so that we can arrive at the thing that feels the most grounded, the most honest, and the most character-based. I'm just hoping everybody got pockets. <laughs> uh, you know what, I will tell you this, one of the big things that uh, Rob actually talked to Christian Bale, and Christian Bale was like, just make sure you're going to be able to relieve yourself. So all of that, so mm -hmm. that was actually part of what was important to build into it. It's like, okay, he needs to be able to put it on. He also needs to be able to live as a human being. Okay, uh, here's a video question from Pedro. The idea of the Hi. intricate Hi. story is appealing, but still, I'm... We got absolutely nothing and we're going to the Q&A. There's 15 minutes left. I just, I don't know. They did say wait till the very end and we're going to get something, but it doesn't look promising. You're absolutely right. Like, it's just as important as any of the rogues gallery. It's, it's sort of like the, the nature of what this place is and the history of it is critically important to our story. And one of the things that I really wanted to do, because it is the center of this story, especially the history of corruption in the city, was I wanted to present it in a way that was really fleshed out. I wanted it to feel like an American city you've never been to. I mean, other iterations have, you know, obviously the Burton one had very, very theatrical, beautiful, beautiful sets. And Nolan had the version that he created in Batman Begins, and that was a particular thing. And then parts of Chicago and parts of Pittsburgh. And what we're trying to do is create a version of it that you haven't seen before. So some of the locations that we've chosen... Again, the that I haven't take, seen before. Let's say there's like a... We have like a Gotham Square. It's so a, that's like it's Times Square. It's a gritty right? city. And if we shot it in Times Square, then you'd be like, oh, I guess Gotham is New York. But in our case, it's actually going to be Liverpool. And the idea is to go to Liverpool where there's all the sort of the, the foundation of the Gothic architecture and then add all of the more modern structures through CG. But in a way that you're going to, when you see the movie, now that I've blown it, of course, I've told you what it is, but you'll be like, hey, where's that city? Where did they shoot? And so the aspect of Gotham and realizing it has been, for me, one of the great pleasures in getting to mount the movie. That's amazing. Evla from Germany says, it's already known that the movie is going to explore Bruce's second year as Batman. How do the citizens of Gotham perceive the vigilante? Oh, that's a good question. Because it's still early and because he is a vigilante, which means he takes the law into his own hands. I mean, if you were in a city and there was a guy who dressed up as a bat and showed up out of the shadows and sometimes confronted those people and beat them up because he felt what they were doing was wrong so that he could sort of put the fear of God in them about the crimes that they're committing. I think we would wonder, well, gee, that, that guy sounds a little dangerous. He's not yet the vision of the character that he becomes where he becomes a symbol of hope for the city. He's early in the trajectory. And so they're afraid of him, frankly. There's, he's kind of a growing legend. I think there are some people who are wondering, does he exist? Well, how exactly does he exist? And that legend is building day by day and has been since he made his first appearance about a year and a half ago as we were in year two. So, so yeah, the public is afraid of him. I mean, that's one of the things I think that he will confront in the course of the story and that Rob has to sort of deal with in playing the character, which is the idea of how he's perceived. And speaking of Rob, Aditya in Indonesia has a video question. What was the best part of Robert Patterson that he was chosen as the new Batman? I mean, the thing about Robert Pattinson is he's an incredible actor. I feel like the work that he's done in the last, I don't know, six years has been incredible. Like, I, a friend of mine made a movie called Lost City of Z, and Rob appeared in that movie, and I was like, who is that guy? He had just such charisma, and he, Rob in the movie, has this incredible beard, and you're like, who is that? 
and it's Rob and Rob in the Rover and Rob in Good Time. He is like a chameleon and he is so, he's just such a gifted actor and he's been working on his craft in this really incredible way. And he also happens to be a tremendous, passionate sort of fan of Batman the way that I am. And so it was this, it was an incredible thing to be able to, to connect with him and to share our excitement about the character and to work with him. I mean, you know, he, he looks like Batman, but more than anything, he has the soul. He does not look like Batman. I think that can play a Batman like you've never seen before. Uh, Andy from Australia asks, how long did it take to build the Batsuit, Batmobile, and Batbike? And did you have to build a set to create the Batcave? You know, it's funny. It's like it's like stepping into your childhood in a certain way because, I bet. you know, obviously <laughs> the, the first thing you have to do is you have to craft a story that you think is worthy of the character. But then once you've done that, and it becomes like, oh, yeah, we're making this movie. One of the things you have to do is you have to design a bat suit. You have to design a Batmobile. You have to have a bat cave. You have to have bat bikes, all of the things that he's going to have. And so, you know, for me, that's been one of the exciting things. And that happened even before we were quite done with the last iteration of the script. You know, we'd, we'd already gone through passes and it was quite clear what the vision of the world was being. While I'm writing, I actually already have a production designer on. And so he would be sending, as I'm writing scenes, I might send stuff to James and he's like, oh, well, what about this for a back cave? And so, yes, we had to build a set, uh, a set for it. Um, but I think it's an incredibly original and different set. I think it's going to be really fun for, for the audience to discover what version of exa exactly this back cave is going to be. The Batmobile and the bat suit they took a long time. You know, I mean, Glenn came on quite early and we, we worked in the designing of it again as I was writing and the idea of him being able to fight in it. And so they started illustrating and I'd say, I'd say we spent easily a year to do the bat suit and then to get into uh, the, the Batmobile and that, of course, that part's a dream. I mean, you know, you start, the idea of getting to do your own version of the Batmobile is like, you're just kind of like, uh, what? That's the incredible candy, right? Like the, the, the telling of the story is the hard work and trying to make sure that you're doing the right thing. And then when you get to dive into the idea of this car that again feels connected to this version of the character, a grounded version of the character. This is something that he built, and to try and look at those kind of rough scenes and imagine how all that works, it's a it's been an incredible sort of gift to be able to do that. So much fun. Uh, Alejo from Argentina asks, "What will be the main difference between this Batman and the other incarnations from previous films?" Oh yeah, well I mean I think you know as we said, it's not an origin tale, and you're meeting him in the early days, and for me. What's really important about this iteration is that, you know, a lot of the other stories are very much about how he had to master his fear and master himself in order to become Batman. And that in that Batman state, he's sort of in his best self. And I think for me, what was exciting was not doing that, not doing the origin, not doing what we'd seen done so beautifully in other movies, but instead to meet him in the middle of this criminological experiment, to see him in the becoming of Batman and to see him make mistakes as Batman and see him grow and fail and be heroic, do all of the things that we associate with Batman, but in a way that felt very human and very flawed. The biggest fantasy, of course, as a kid would have been to be Batman. And so the idea of putting mm -hmm. the audience in the shoes of that character and make the audience feel the way that he feels, I think that to me, I hope is what's different about what we're doing is to try and do it in exactly that sort of manner. And then of course, the other things that are from the earlier history of the comics, like him being the world's greatest detective and how he got there, you know, those things have been touched on, but I don't know that they've been as central to the plot as they are in this particular Batman. So there's a lot of things I hope that will be totally different. 
Cliff from Australia asks, what's one deep cut comic fans might be surprised to see has inspired the Batman? You know, for me, because I wanted to get into the mindset of the character and I wanted to think of the psychology, for me, I think one of the cool deep dive ones was Darwin Cook's ego. He's confronting the beast that is Batman and, and it's kind of, there's a kind of duality. I mean, there's a lot in what, you know, is trying to do in, in the story about him confronting the shadow side of himself. The degree to which you have self-knowledge, you're able to understand your motivations, but he's broken Batman. So while he's doing all of these things for the reasons that he thinks is right and that, are, that have a heroic sort of grounding in them, there's also many things that are driven by the parts of himself he doesn't yet know. And so I would say that that kind of sort of psychological Jungian shadow side, that sort of version of it is, is very much connected to that vision from Darwin Cook, uh, from Ego. Yosef from Bolivia says, which non-Batman movie were Matt Reeves, yours, inspiration for the Batman? Oh, well, because the movie is a detective story, because it is a, you know, a, a, a thriller in the sort of cop world, and because it's about corruption, we're treating this Batman story as if this is, as if this could have happened. I mean, the idea is that as I said, Batman doesn't have the sort of the ability to have sort of super heroic powers. He just has super heroic focus and super heroic drive. And so for me, you know, a lot of movies like, like Chinatown was a key one because Chinatown, Jake Giddies in investigating that sort of the series of crimes that were part of that story, he discovers the depth of corruption in Los Angeles. And so in that way, so... it's like a classic noir. And that's very much the series of murders that Batman is investigating. Um, are very much in that mode. So Chinatown was a really big one, and that idea of that kind that of intrigues me. flawed, this humanity of it, that was very much inspired by those kinds of movies, by like uh, French Connection and other sort of cop movies like that. Huh. I would say even a movie like Taxi Driver, the description of a, of a place, and, and very much getting inside of somebody's head. And I guess a lot of really sort of 70s uh, street grounded stories. So Matt, one of the exciting things about the Batman as a character is that he's so layered and uh, and so kind of intense that you can dip into his life at different points and none of these different characters, these different iterations of the Batman or Gotham or the entire kind of Batman universe as it was, will tread on the ground that others have already covered. Oh, totally. I mean, for me, that's exciting. Like the idea of the history of Batman, like there are just the idea of the actors who have played Batman, like Adam West when I was a kid, like Adam West, that was like when I was five and watching him as Batman, like that blew my mind. I wanted to be Batman so badly. And then I remember when I was a little bit older and then Keaton came onto the scene with the Burton movie, I was like, I was so excited oh my to do a theatrical version of that. And yep. the iterations that have followed, like so many incredible people. I mean, Bale was amazing. I mean, incredible. Everything that Chris Nolan was astonishing. It was a good and job I, skipping like, over to all the way to Bale. Like, as, as Batman, I thought he was incredible. Like, an Affleck was incredible. That we seen. So, like, in, in fact, I'm really excited because I know that they've got uh, Zach is going to be doing the the new uh, Justice League cut of his that he didn't get to do originally, and now he's getting to do it, and I can't wait to see that. So, for me, the idea that there are sort of First of all, to be a part of history like that is an incredible thing. And I, I do think that that's one of the things. It's kind of like the comics. You know, when you look at the comics, there are so many iterations of Batmans. There are so many different people's Batmans. There's the there's Neil Adams' Batman. There's, you know, of course, there's Bob Kane and Bill Finger's Batman. And there's Frank Miller's Batman. There's so many Batmans. And so 
to me, that's one of the joys of being in the kind of comic book world is to try and say, hey, what can we do to put our spin on this so that people can find a new way of looking at that character that they love? I remember when The Dark Knight graphic novels came out when I was a kid. How ra what a radical departure that felt like. How exciting that was. Oh my God. I was just so excited to see an accurate depiction of a character that I loved. I, I, I hadn't yet seen that. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, it's the you guys took it away from us. to be able to find a way to come at it in some new way, and yet it has to be connected to that thing that you love. And that, for me, being part of that history and being part of all of that is sort of almost unbelievable. You can't, you have to pinch yourself. So, Matt, before we wrap up, I think that what the fans really want is to get just even a tiny glimpse of what the film is going to look like. And, you know... Uh, Alright, looks like here's time for the bonus part. We can show them. It's fandom, and you know, having been to Comic Con and all of that, you don't come without anything. And you know, look, we've only shot 25% of the movie, 25, 30% of the movie, so there's so much. This is just scratching the surface, but there was no way that I could come here and not bring a look at the movie. So, yeah, I'm incredibly excited to share uh, what is just the first tease of our movie, and um, I hope you guys like it. Right, let's see what this is like. Sounds like duct tape. It is duct tape. Uh oh. Alright, some kind of murderer. From your secret covering friend. people in covering people's heads in duct tape. Catwoman and what may be the muties, the retro street neo games, or or maybe Joker clouds. It's amazing that you only shot, you know, a quarter of it, and it already feels so 
robust and, and, and intricate, and I can't wait to see the finished product. Thank you so much for being here uh, with me and with all the fans around the world who are so excited for this film. I know I speak for them when I say that we are all super pumped for the Batman. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I, it's, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here, and I, I, I'm really excited that we're going to get back to making this movie so that you guys can see it. Guys, Alright, that was it for the DC Fandome and the end of the Batman panel. Um, I like the way the... I like, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I like the way the, the movie looks to be shot. Uh, they're very going in detective gritty on that part, and I, I can appreciate that. Um, I'm curious about how long of a movie we're going to be getting, because, I mean, you know, we get hour-long, uh, <laughs> uh, um, Law and Order episodes, it, is it going to feel too stretched out or are they going to try to put too much into it? There's a lot of people left. Um, this new iteration of the Riddler, I'm assuming that's who's the killer with the duct tape over the face. That's pretty neat. Um, or it could be a completely different guy, but I think that might be the Riddler leaving behind the little, the little uh, envelopes addressed to the Batman. Uh, anyway, I still not a fan of the way the the Batman looks or uh, his tiny little pointy jaw in the Batman cowl. But um, everything else about the movie looks pretty good so far, so I'm not gonna bitch too much. Uh, if you've hung with me this far throughout the whole thing and listened to the crappy audio quality because I haven't refined it as much as I did the normal podcast, thank you very much. Um, all of this will be available on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast. And, uh, of course, there's going to be much more content headed that way as well. We'll have your next reviews uh, uploaded next Friday if you're on Patreon. Otherwise, they'll be available on Spotify on Sunday. Make sure you drop us a line at our website and say hi. And thanks for listening. Until next time, don't. Be a robot.